This is Money Matters Unmasked, a podcast focused on the invisible side of the businesses. Here, we explore payment workflows, financing, the future of fintech, and much, much more with the industry leaders and entrepreneurs across diverse fields. So if you want to learn more about the invisible hand keeping most of the businesses intact, you are at the right place. And today as a guest speaker, we have Jeff Brown, engineer and manager at product owner at Bluehost. And in this episode, we're going to talk about a ton of stuff. Number one, of course, being Bluehost and also a lot of website related workflows, automations, and anything else that Jeff has seen that is relevant to our main subject, which is automations and improvements that are not really visible to the front end user and happen on the back end of the business. So Jeff, let's kick it off lightly. Tell us a little bit about yourself and about Bluehost. All right. Thank you. Um, yeah, Jeff Brown here. Um, I, <laughs> I, 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 I run a large household. I have a lot of kids. We, my wife and I just had our eighth child two months ago. Oh, wow. Congrats. Um, life's always busy for me. And, and I like to automate some things around my house sometimes, but <laughs> it's a little harder to do at home than it is at a company. But um, Bluehost is a, it's a web hosting company. Um, and a lot of people don't know what those words mean, but this audience might. But in case you don't, we we host websites. So if every website you've ever been to online is that that page, that document that you're looking at is stored on a on a computer somewhere in some warehouse or data center, more likely. And Bluehost has a lot of those servers that just store the websites that you visit when you when you traverse the internet that's what we do we host websites for everybody on on the internet that's what we do we host websites on the internet that is a lovely one-liner honestly i love that stuff all right in that case let's talk about the automations you know uh first of all for how long have you been with bluehost i forgot to write it down great question i have i've been at bluehost for 16 years wow which in the IT community is kind of unheard of, but that is unheard of. Been around for a, a long time. Um, I I got I got hired in and tech technical support at the ground level, um, but just a couple of months in, I ended up inventing the quality assurance department, and inventing the quality assurance department. How how did that we work? Didn't, we didn't have any quality assurance at the company, and when I was on the on the tech floor answering questions for customers and i noticed that they were you know they were right this thing was broken this thing uh -huh. that they were dealing with and and i didn't think that was a very good idea for it to be broken and so i ended <laughs> up, i would chase down the developers after work and say you need to fix this thing this is i was asking people who to talk to about broken things and they were like there's nobody to talk to there's you just deal with it you just find workarounds and I didn't accept that. So I got things fixed and things when things were broken. And I, yeah, I ended up directing the quality assurance department for, I mean, it was just me at first, but I ended up growing the department to 20 people over wow. seven years. And um, yeah, there was a lot, of, a lot that went on there. Anyway, then I switched over to be a full-time developer for kind of the second half went back into 
back into management and playing all the different roles and wearing the different hats that I have now. So I've been around a long time and I focus a lot on doing things that nobody's doing that is nobody's mm -hmm. job, but really should be done. And <laughs> that's, that's a big, big, important role at the any startup. And it sounds like you were at Bluehost when I was uh, in the startup phases. So that is amazing. That's a really cool story. Did not know how the quality insurance department was invented at Bluehost. So <laughs> let's talk a little bit more about the main subject of the podcast, which is, um, you know, the main struggles of the uh, small and medium businesses, I believe that uh, Bluehost is mostly focused on those. And please correct me if I'm wrong there. Uh, but, you know, if you're working with small and medium-sized businesses, uh, even back in the days, you know, when you were in the supports and the ground floors and just answering those questions, what are the main struggles uh, that you hear from them that comes from the you know, automation or lack of the automation of you know, business or, sorry, website-related workflows? It's... <clears throat> unfortunately um with with all of the small to medium businesses that we host websites for i don't i don't know a lot to be honest about their their struggles per se with with well really much of anything i just know about the struggles that we have here at our company um we don't um, jump into the the customers' businesses and how they they do their things. So I, I don't have much information on 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 how they get through their automation processes. But I know, I think I know enough about our company's struggles with these sorts of things. That's even more interesting. Yeah, let's talk about Bluehost and how you know you've seen, you've been there for sixteen years. You've seen the evolution of the you know the innovation being in, introduced. You've seen, I'm sure, both good and bad innovations. Uh, so let's start with the good ones. You know, what have you seen in the sixteen years of uh, working at Bluehost that is just the most impressive or the uh, the automation that had the highest ROI? Put it that way. The I would have to say. To that question, the greatest ROI on on an automation process would be um, utilizing. Well, we used Bamboo for this, but I imagine any system would work. But we utilized Bamboo. To, we set up, um, set it up to where whenever we had a code change that needed to be deployed, our automated tests would get run automatically to ensure that everything was still working before you were allowed to deploy any new code to the system and and if it didn't if it if all of the tests that were set up didn't pass if, mm -hmm. if any of them didn't pass then it you would not be allowed permitted to roll your code out and a lot of times that would seem annoying and things would get in the way because sometimes the test wasn't wasn't perfect and that's that's difficult sometimes but sometimes they would break for the for the wrong reasons or these other reasons or it was false but sometimes it wasn't sometimes and and we'd have humans testing things right but there are things that we miss because we're human mm -hmm. yep. the, 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 the system would pick up and catch and slow you down and, and um, with for great reasons and it was wonderful a lot of little things that you didn't even realize were connected and it was it, it was very very useful it was 
unfortunately was also very very difficult to get off the ground to start with it's really easy really? to write one more test but the very first test is it's a lot of work um and it, it took it took years before there was this paradigm shift that you when you get everybody on board to mm -hmm. to to start doing these automated tests right yeah um as with any automation innovation new technology it takes forever to get everyone on board it takes forever for everyone to get used to the new system and it's, it's just a painful process to watch honestly from the sidelines speaking of painful things uh let's talk about something that you've seen uh being introduced and it just you know did not go over well um any automations any new technologies that you've introduced that you like maybe had high expectations or put a lot <laughs> of time and resources into and then just failed miserably that's a little embarrassing to talk about, but you, absolutely. That's why I'm bringing it up. It's <laughs> exact case when I was um, directing the QA department, um, I I came up with this this system where, uh, so there, whenever we'd have to roll something out on you know product X, we always like to say, hey, can you just do a you know, do a do a run through of, of product X to make sure all of its bits are still working. And sometimes when you have a newer guy on the team, he doesn't know exactly everything about product X. And you don't always want mm -hmm. to go, you don't, you can't always go to the expert on anything with all of the siloed knowledge. You want everybody to be able to do it, not mm -hmm. just the expert. And so um the the goal was to be able to at the very least have everything written down somewhere that was required in, in, in testing something you could say, Oh, if you're testing product X, you need to make sure that you can purchase it, make sure that you can renew it, make sure that you can cancel it, make sure that it installs and whatever it is, you make sure it does what it needs to do, that it shows up on the page or, you know, sends the right email or, Mm -hmm. whatever it's to do you get it all written down so that anybody can can do it because you just follow the steps and says right. this is do it this is what it looks like and then um in the system it was set up so that you can mark off when you know that you tested i tested this one and it you know it we would record that it was today and that it passed or that it mm -hmm. failed and then we could have data that would suggest that this one's getting tested more often or it fails the most often or whatever and we would have perfect candidates for setting up automated testing and then we could say oh this one we're, we're running this one five times as often as everything else and half the time it fails we should really set this one up this would be a perfect one for automating so that we can you know start picking some of these things off and and making them run more often and and more effectively and and <clears throat> and it could show when it failed last or passed last. Mm -hmm. And I thought it would be wonderful, but it was just, it was just way, it was, it was too, <laughs> after working on it for, I don't know, eight months or so, the oh, business wow. was just like, we don't want this actually, after all. This is too <laughs> I don't know. And I, it was kind of my little baby. And so my heart broke a little bit, not, I don't know. It was, guess it was too much effort to to get the test suites all created and such mm, i suppose that's, it's hard to admit but that's really in my head it was good but maybe i'm 
paper. It was too much work to get everything written down, I suppose. It is. It is. And honestly, as someone who worked at a ton of different startups, I know for a fact that this is a very common issue. And even if you do get the time to write everything down, organizing it is yeah. such a huge pain in the ass. The bigger the organization <laughs> gets, you end up with, I don't know, 50 different folders, each folder containing 10 other folders, and then it's impossible to find a single thing so that's a completely understandable struggle um are there any workarounds that you found you know uh, moving forward i'm sure you have not just given up on that idea or have you um it it takes different forms but we exactly uh, we've the i don't know it's hard to i don't know quite the end that specific project is is gone mm -hmm. it's not no one it's not that one died but um now we have policies that everything well we have some there's a big difference between regression testing and and unit testing and um the concept that i was talking about was more regression testing things in in place and we don't have a lot of regression testing to be honest in the system there are there are some and some people care enough to put those in but as far as a, a rule in our company that we've come up with, as far as a, a coding standard that we use, is every every all of the new code that gets written has to be 100% unit tested. And every time you go back and touch an old piece of code, you need to add unit tests around that as well. We do not, we did not set up requirements at our company for regression testing. Um, um, or integration testing for that matter. But, mm -hmm. and so a lot of that just doesn't happen. Um, gotcha. Our conversation is going in a really, really technical direction. How about we take it more in the direction for, I don't know, regular business owners, uh, people who are not as well-versed in tech, like myself. <laughs> um, so <laughs> let's talk about cell automation that I'm might sorry. have been, no, 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 it's not your fault. I mean, it's still interesting. I feel like I understand most of it. Uh, however, I work in tech, so I assume I have like hopefully slightly above average tech knowledge. But regardless of that, let's talk a little bit more about the uh, workflows or potential automations or anything that you've done to live hack essentially at your company at Bluehost that um, maybe some other founders can actually take on and use the same live hack. Um, a life hack that I used that I've used at this company is that what you're saying? Life hack shortcut. Um, you did mention you know when you were working at the tech support, you were suggested to find workarounds issues. Anything along those lines? Um, <clears throat> um I think, I think almost in the direction of your question would be something like looking to or like a, a a huge thing that would have prevented or circumvented the issues that I was facing when I was placed on the on the call floor would be for example like I said that my coworkers said that there was nobody to tell there was nobody to talk to there was no there was no process for getting any feedback in place or, or things repaired or looked at or worked on. And that I think was the biggest problem. Um, there was, 
I had to invent that chain of communication for things to, I became that path. I, I, I repaired the things that I came across. And when I got through them, I reached out to other people on the floor who were on the front lines who are interacting with people. Um, this I think is applicable across a wide variety of companies. The people that are on the front lines the, that that one might consider the low the lowest on the totem pole or something like that you know it's hard you know the, the the people that might be getting paid the least at the company they have a lot more of the answers than everybody else you know it, it I think that companies often will have that kind of upside down in their heads that since they're the they're the lowest and they're interacting at the you know what I mean? They're kind of the bottom of the food chain, if you will. Yep, yep, it's, yep. And they're they're they they are the ones that really should have their voice heard. And if you could, you know, flip your company upside down a, a little bit in your head to say, all right, let 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 these guys that on the front lines give their suggestions on what they think should be better and and should change and what would they really know what would help the end customer because they're there interacting with them and they have ideas and recommendations and answers mm -hmm. that really could make a huge difference. That was very, very difficult. But once I could reach out and get, you know, because I, because I was on their level at their level and I could reach out to them, I could get, I, I understood what they were talking about and I could make things happen and I could get the ears of people that could fix what they were dealing with and really make a big change. And it, it, it did a lot for the company. I hate to toot my own horn, but I feel like it made a difference. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely. This isn't I, about, hey, yeah, I did such a good job. That's not what I mean. <laughs> I mean, really, if you can turn the company on its head and really pay attention to the people that, that one might call at the bottom. Yeah, absolutely. And that is super important. And again, I've seen a lot of companies struggle with building out that chain of communications that would be effective would not take too much time on both sides of you know executives and the uh, you know people who are working directly with clients or like uh, actual product uh, what's the uh, solution to that you know especially once your company grows you have i don't know hundreds of people on the support team how do you communicate the main issues do you like issue a survey at the end of the month or like have a form that can be submitted and then it's automatically processed. What's the workaround for you? Because I assume Bluehost, I think it has a ton of uh, employees. Oh yeah. I don't remember yeah. the number. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Thousands. I'm not It's sure. definitely a sizable organization. Yes. I don't know them all. <laughs> I did when I first got hired, but that was a very long time ago. <laughs> um, how, what is a good way to, I'm trying to rephrase your question. What is a good way to solicit said feedback yes. from from that support front or or whatever the but you know exactly um perhaps the question that i asked myself at the end of my day was which of my phone calls was the most painful phone call and then i set a little goal for myself to eliminate that phone call tomorrow mm -hmm. i didn't want that phone call ever again so that's how <laughs> i did it for me um if you, I think that's a, uh, to say, hey, what's a good solution that you have for the company? 
I think you'd get a lot of raised eyebrows and, and confused looks. And so I, I don't think that's the quite the right approach. But but if you can ask the question, then what was the most painful phone call today or interaction or whatever, whatever the interaction is with the customer, the most difficult conversation or something? Well, if you can get that out, that I think they do know the answer to. So asking a question that you think they will actually have an answer to is a good start. Um, but yeah, you say, what was the most painful today? And they'll say, yeah, th that third phone call in, it was, they were really angry and rightfully so because this mm -hmm. thing was really broken or whatever. And then after they can admit what that is, um, solutions sometimes will be obvious, sometimes not. There might not be a solution to that one, but some, for sure, somebody's difficulty from that day will have an answer and and at the very least um getting data i guess to suggest that this is a very common thread people really mm -hmm. have a lot of problems with with their emails or something like we we really need to do something about emails because a lot of people are having trouble whatever it happens to be for your business but the people at the front lines know i would i i think that would be a a good way to start ask them what the most difficult or most painful or most awkward, something along those lines, interaction for you today. Yeah, that's actually a great way to do it. Absolutely. Just eliminate the absolute most painful way. And I'm sure initially they would have a ton and then just slowly and gradually resolve them. That is perfect there advice. Will, there will always be a most painful. 100%. Even if the top 50 most painful things go away, there will be a new contender for the next most painful thing. There will always be a most painful thing. And you can always, and hopefully, you know, that becomes a lower, a lower thing, right? I mean, hopefully the most painful thing was now a trivial thing. And that would be great if the most, if the worst things we go through are, are, are trivial, right? That would be wonderful. Fantastic problem to have, right? Mm -hmm. But usually they're not. <laughs> sure. They don't start out that way yeah right <laughs> so on that on that awesome advice note let's let's uh move on to one of the last questions of the interview which is what is your one piece or what is one piece of advice that you want to share with our listeners right now that would be actionable for them and remember you know keep in mind that most of our listeners are business owners founders you know who are trying to improve their businesses make them easier to run just essentially make sure that they require less time or less hands-on so they can focus on the actual important stuff. Hmm. One piece of advice. Um, I would say that assume that everyone in the company is, is, interested in the well-being of the company mm -hmm. and if you you know if everyone's on your team if you will if everyone's interested in in the benefit of everybody and and the company as a whole then then well first off people are going to notice that you actually think that if that actually is your opinion it, it will come through in your in your actions but if they if the people if if everyone at the company actually believes that and feels that, then then their actions will align in that direction and it and and the company will thrive. I think a company, any company would be great if all of its 
constituents would are interested in the betterment of the whole yeah 100 percent. and that is a good call honestly just making that assumption and obviously reinforcing that assumption uh by number one doing it yourself number two just making sure that everyone is on the same page there in a peaceful manner not like hey you have to care about this company more than about your family no no just peacefully slowly <laughs> but surely that <laughs> that's and jeff is resonating because he does you know have a cool family um on this epic amazing very friendly as well note we're gonna wrap up the episode and uh, my call to action is gonna be check out the description of this episode i'm gonna include bluehost there i'm gonna include jeff's linkedin and potentially a few other things i'll uh connect with jeff afterwards see if there are any articles or any uh, specific links that he'd like to share um so check out the description of the episodes. It's going to be highly informational per usual. And as always, go and have a great day.